Good morning and welcome in to College Football Morning Announcement. It's Nick Shepkowski with you, getting you ready for your day, for your Tuesday. Hope your week got off to a good start. Hope you're staying healthy, staying sane, and we'll get you going on this college football week on this episode of the College Football Morning Announcement with Nick Shepkowski. I try to do this as many times as possible throughout the week. Get you primed for a college football season that may be starting at the end of August, maybe starting in September, or we may be playing a different form of spring football next year. Who the heck knows, but we'll talk about it all up until then, through then, during then, all of then as well. Some news to get to. The biggest recruit in the history of a school that has a pretty decent background. News to that to get to that we'll share with you and break down. And for Notre Dame fans out there, you get good news as well today, uh, or yesterday rather, as Mike Mickens, if you're familiar with that name, their defensive coach, defensive backs coach, he strikes again. But we start in the Pac-12, where on Monday, Clay Helton, David Shaw, a couple of the other Pac-12 coaches were on a video conference call, and what was discussed was what are the plans of action that the conference has? What might they do if games have to get canceled, if you don't get to play a full schedule, how do they go about fixing that up so the Pac-12 safe and able to play football? One of the proposals that's been discussed with different athletic directors and commissioners in the Pac-12 is that, get ready for this, an 11-game schedule for all conference teams where the only games played are against fellow conference teams in the Pac-12. So what would that mean? It would mean so long to the best intersectional rivalry in college football, that being Notre Dame and USC. They've played all of, what, 92 times since the early 1920s or mid-1920s. That would be done. Notre Dame and Stanford, also a regular. But a couple or a few huge out-of-conference games that aren't on the schedule every year that would be gone for 2020. In week one, you're saying goodbye to USC and Alabama. They're supposed to meet in AT&T Stadium in Dallas. That would be washed away. Washington's supposed to host Michigan first full week of the college football season. That would be gone. Utah and BYU, they're supposed to play at Utah this year. That would be over. Gone. Done. UCLA wouldn't be taking that trip to Hawaii. Oregon State wouldn't be traveling to Oklahoma State. Then in week two... Perhaps the non-conference game of the year in college football, Ohio State wouldn't be hopping on a plane and going to Eugene, Oregon to take on the Oregon Ducks. A very possible, very likely matchup of top 10 teams there. All gone if this proposal ends up working out. Now, I give credit to the Pac-12 for this, for making it public and making it known. Okay, yeah, this is what's being discussed. They're trying to be transparent. And that's not something that you hear often in regards to college football coaches or conferences or the NCAA or any of it. So a tip of the cap for being transparent, but I guess I just don't understand how the idea of keep your players safe, keep the limitations on travel by only playing conference games. Well, all right. So say you have one of the extreme circumstances that your Pac-12 team is Washington has to play Arizona somewhere, right? If you're going to play all your games against conference opponents or Arizona has to travel to Washington, one of those one of those trips has to be made. That trip's longer than if, say, USC were to hop on a plane and fly to Dallas and go play Alabama there. So are we just doing this for to say that 
you're trying to make it safe because it's not like the coronavirus when you have fans that are in the stands, and I'm not saying that there's any guaranteed if that would be the case or not, but it's not like it's picking and choosing, oh, that person's not wearing a, a Pac-12 shirt, so we can go and attack them, and the virus can take over their body. No, that's not the way it works. Like, travel's travel. It's just because you keep it on the West Coast and within those 1,200 miles, it doesn't make it any difference than the 1,200 miles that you go to get to Dallas or whatever it might be. So I... I appreciate them trying to be transparent and come up with a solution. I just don't see the real benefit of, all right, yep, this is a better plan. I don't see that part uh, playing out as much. But that is the big news of Monday, at least in the college football world, of what it pertains to in terms of the 2020 college football season. Huge news in the recruiting world as well on Tuesday. Zach Evans, number 16 recruit, the top one of the top running backs in the entire country that based off of rival rankings. You may be familiar with that name if you follow recruiting very much. He signed his letter of intent originally with Georgia. Well, here's the problem. Never showed up to anything in regards to Georgia and was let out of his letter of intent that he signed by head coach Kirby Smart at Georgia. He's been comped Adrian Peterson by some. And he has wound up, news is out, that he has enrolled at TCU. And that makes him TCU's biggest recruit since Gary Patterson's been employed there. You might be saying to yourself, but oh wait, oh contraire, Ladanian Tomlinson went to TCU. Ladanian Tomlinson's one of the all-time backs in football history, whether it's in college where he, had, he was a Heisman finalist or close to a Heisman finalist at TCU, which was a nothing program at that time. Or in the NFL where he was legendary. But don't forget, he wasn't a big-time recruit. TCU won his services over the likes of North Texas and Baylor were the other places that were knocking on his door thinking they'd get a shot at him. It wasn't like the powerhouses at the time. Florida State needed to add LT. Or that Alabama had to add LT. Or whoever it may have been. Late 90s, Tennessee, Nebraska, Weren't like those teams were knocking on the door having to get LaDainian Tomlinson. But Zach Evans, number 16 recruit in this past last class, he had uh, signed his letter in intent with Georgia, was let out of that by Kirby Smart, and he has emerged as TCU's biggest recruit in team history. So be on the lookout for that in the coming years. And for Notre Dame fans, when you're checking out our website over at fightingirishwire.usatoday.com, some of the news of the afternoon on Monday was that Notre Dame lands another recruit. Well, this one's a transfer from North Carolina State, a graduate transfer. They get the services of Nick McLeod. Will be his fifth year of college football in 2020. And it adds depth immediately at a cornerback position where Notre Dame needs help. They have Tariq Bracey and Sean Crawford, the only real players with experience at corner right now on the depth chart. So what they get is McLeod steps in as a graduate transfer, was injured last year, had a knee injury that he played in only two games last season for North Carolina State. But in his time, it's a guy that his teammates respected, was elected to be a team captain his senior year. Finished his career, 105 tackles, three interceptions for North Carolina State. And North Carolina State's, all right, they're not a great football program, but they're continuously going to bowl games. They play decent enough football. It's not like he's coming from a nothing program whatsoever. 
So that's who Notre Dame adds there. And I think the other good news that comes with that, all right, depth for the 2020 team at cornerback, one of the weakest positions on the roster in terms of depth. But also, if you're a Notre Dame fan, you have to be thrilled with the job that Mike Mickens, their new defensive backs coach from Cincinnati, has done in short order. Signs a big-time recruit late last week in their secondary and goes out and gets another addition to the secondary for the 2020 season. This uh, this Monday is what he did there. Coming up this week on the College Football Morning Announcements with Nick Shepkowski, we are going to talk to Jeff Fair. We're trying to hammer out an exact day that we're going to get together and, and discuss this. But I asked you last week your 10 best college football players that you've seen play. Not highlights of... Whatever it might be, Doak Walker back in the day. I'm talking about guys that you've watched play on TV, that you've spent your Saturdays watching live action from. Who are your 10 best? Think of those. We're going to talk about those with Jeff Bear. He writes with us over at Fighting Irish Wire. He's become a friend and a college football observer and very deep into the drafts. He has some great knowledge for that. Uh, May have a Texas conversation this week because... Is Texas back? Will Texas have a shot to be back in 2020? Maybe we'll make a visit down to Austin and see what's going on there. And what's the best stadium that's maybe not your favorite teams? What's the best college football stadium, best college football venue you've been to? And which one do you have to cross off your college football bucket list? What's number one on your list? We're going to have some information on that or some thoughts on that at fightingirishwire.usatoday.com this week. And I'm sure we'll talk about it here. Hope you enjoyed your Tuesday morning edition of the College Football Morning Announcement with Nick Shepkowski. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and we'll be in August, hopefully into September, looking at a college football season soon.